If you want to be right about being strong, about being resilient, then all you're going to do is continue to seek out unconsciously situations where you get to prove how strong and resilient you are. And so. like get a gold star, get a cookie, like tap exactly. yourself on the back like that. But that's not actually getting you more of what you want. It's just confirming that you're strong. Cool. <laughs> exactly. And so like you're in order to kind of counteract that, you're going to have to learn how to be vulnerable. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, if we are at all existing in the same corners of the internet, then you know that masculine versus feminine energy has been this huge trendy topic with a lot of polarity and not a lot of gray area. So for this week's episode, I'm interviewing Michelle Panning so that she can offer some much needed nuance to the conversation and give you some actionable insights and advice for how to embody both masculine and feminine energy, use them as tools intentionally in order to be your most successful and fully expressed self. And while we're at it, we also go in on the archetype of the strong, independent woman or boss babe and really look at where it's serving us, where it's really not, so that we can make better decisions and actually show up for the women we want to become. Oh, and we also touch on shadow work. So like buckle up because this is a packed episode that I know is going to bring you so many aha moments. And before we jump into the good stuff, a quick intro on Michelle. She is an intimacy alchemist who helps women create unfuckwithable self-love as well as cultivate mind-blowing relationships. She runs a successful online business and is also the host of the Unfuck Your Relationships podcast. She helps women go from feeling anxious about their love lives to feeling confident, worthy, and secure. And she helps single women, women in relationships, situationships, and everything in between. As a self-proclaimed trigger queen, she helps women unlock their bad bitch energy and become the main character of their lives. And we are so here for it. She is deeply passionate about helping women become intimate with themselves first so that they can experience true intimacy with others and reach their highest potential. She is the shit. So let's get started. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the show. I am so stoked to have you. I'm so excited to be here. We have so much good stuff to talk about. Honestly, I had a hard time like narrowing down my notes of like all the things that I want to ask Michelle about and like riff on together because there is so much that you talk about. There's so much you stand for that like resonates really deeply with me. And I could literally like go through your Instagram and be like, yes, fuck yes, totally agree, (laughs) retweet, like obsessed. So I had a hard time narrowing it down, but I'm really excited to dive in mostly today about like the archetype of like the strong independent woman and how that really plays out in our relationships and in business. And then also something that you've been talking about a lot recently is using the masculine and the feminine energy and polarity as tools instead of as these like be all end all principles, because I think we're kind of getting like 
too far down like one road or the other like it has to be one or the other and we kind of lose sight of how we have we can access both and tap into both and especially using that to get what we want in business have like the experience that we want the lifestyle we want the relationships we want so I'm stoked I'm so excited. This is going to be such a juicy episode. When I was like talking to you about like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm vibing. I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah, So, so good. Okay. Amazing. So I want to jump in and just like go right into what are some of like the patterns that you're seeing right now when it comes to the strong independent woman archetype? And like, what does that even mean for people who you know, everyone's heard like the word strong, independent woman, but like, what does that mean as an archetype? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's like that archetype has really been seen as kind of a flex for a really long time, you know? And so uh, for me, I see this strong, independent woman as someone who is, they've built an entire identity around that, around being strong. Right. And so what happens is they keep unconsciously seeking out situations where they get to be strong, resilient, independent. And how this plays out in dating and relationships is like, you can't accept a compliment or being on a first date and you're like, no, 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 let me get it. Right. Or you go to split the bill and like, will not let him pay for it. Right. You're always getting the door for yourself. Like those are kind of the external ways, I guess, that it shows up. And it's very like, I make my own money and I run my own business and can very like hide behind accomplishments. And don't get me wrong. Like there's nothing with being accomplished and successful. Like we clearly love that here, but what happens is there's a complete lack of vulnerability and a lack of intimacy, not only with with other people and partners, but a lack of intimacy with yourself. And so there tends to be this, this like always taking on more projects, more things to do, keeping really busy, right? I go to the gym at this and I eat really healthy and I do this and like completely lost the connection to the body or the senses or particularly the emotional world because it that archetype can view sometimes view emotions as being weak or vulnerability as weak. And that's, you know, stemming from childhood, but that's kind of how I would characterize that archetype. Like, no, don't worry about me. I've got it. I've got it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're so tied to like the identity of, I don't need anyone, I can take care of myself. Like you have such a hard time letting other people in and like making genuine connections with any level of depth. Like I know that I've certainly existed, like operated within this archetype in the past. And I found like it was very difficult to make like meaningful friendships. It was very difficult to actually feel connected to my partner. Like I was, I'm still in the same relationship, but like I, I felt disconnected from him and I just like felt so isolated that it was like this self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I don't need anyone. No one, like, I can't, I don't need to depend on anyone. I've got my own back. I'll handle shit myself. And like, because that's what you're operating. And like, I was confirming it every step of the way. Cause I didn't feel connected to anyone. I could, didn't feel like I could trust anyone to like come in and support me just because they want to. And like, I saw it as like, why, why would I ask for help? Why would I need help? Like, why would someone help me if I don't need them kind of thing? And so that's like all super resonating. But now 
it's completely different. And I, I, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I'm like, oh, I was like creating all of this <laughs> because yeah. I was operating in that like strong, independent woman dynamic. And I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, telling a, a woman that she's strong is like not a compliment because I don't want to have to be strong. Like any, any like strong woman who is like, that's what comes to mind when you look at her. Like she's not strong because she just woke up and was like, I think I want to be strong today. Like she's strong and like resilient and like really tough because like she's seen some shit, you know? Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. Like all of my, me and all of my trauma feel so seen right now. I don't want to be strong right now. I just, someone hugged me. Like I'm Genuinely. Good. It's like, she's not strong. She's traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. We're all just trying to survive. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly right. As you said, like this self-fulfilling prophecy. And what happens is like, there's kind of the way I see it, right. And we'll get into this with masculine and feminine, but it's like you or, or someone who identifies as a strong, independent woman has like big dick energy. And what happens is you're on a date and, or you're dating someone and you're like, honestly, like my cock is bigger than yours. Like my energetic (laughs) cock is bigger than yours. And you end up being in this like fucking sword fight with your dicks of, you know, like he's like trying to man up, but you're caught in this belief of no man can ever meet me. Like no man has the, the depth that I want, or no man can like provide for me in the way that I want or whatever. But one, you've already decided that he can't. And so you're not actually willing to see the areas in which he is providing, where he is meeting you, because you've already decided that he's inept and that you can do it better. So you don't actually give anyone a chance, even in friendships, to to prove that they can be there for you and that they can support you and that they can hold you. Right. And so exactly. It becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. And then that's all you see. And I hear it all the time of women being like, I'm just too intimidating for men. (laughs) (laughs) I used to say that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, how convenient, right? Like your dating life isn't going the way that you want it to. And so it must be because you're too intimidating. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not it. That's not the vibe, you know? And sure, there are men who will be intimidated by a successful woman, but then there are other men who are like, oh, that's so hot. Like, I love that about you. Get it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to find a relationship? Like, If you want to be right about being strong, about being resilient, then all you're going to do is continue to seek out unconsciously situations where you get to prove how strong and resilient you are. And like get a gold star, get a cookie, like tap yourself on the back like that. But that's not actually getting you more of what you want. It's just confirming that you're strong. Cool. (laughs) Exactly. And so like you're in order to kind of counteract that you're going to have to learn how to be vulnerable. And I promise you, like, I'm sure you would have experienced this, like everything in your body is going, don't do that. Yeah. Do not. It is not safe. It is not safe to be vulnerable. Like I, I still experience this from time to time because it's like, I, I grew up in a space where it was very much like, I felt like I had to take care of myself, essentially, particularly my emotional needs. And so when I was feeling emotional, I would go to my room. I would isolate myself. What do you think I did in relationships? Go to my room. 
isolate myself. And so it's like, actually like, Oh, everything in my body is telling me not to lean in. But I know that in order to dissolve this, I'm going to have to lean in. Mm -hmm. I was literally having an argument with my fiance last night and I could feel myself like retracting, like stonewalling and being like, I know that he could have a point, but I'm just like so unwilling to like go there right now. And like I had to sit there and just be like, "Okay, breathe. He just wants to feel heard he might be right. And that doesn't mean anything bad about you. And it was, it's just like so crazy. The more self-aware you are, like the more you notice this stuff and it's, you're never like, you never like check the box of like, okay, I'm healed. I'm good. Like my, all of my patterns are gone. Like they never go away, but it's like that self-awareness and like being able to drop into the space where you're like, it's okay. Like this is just a pattern you're fine. You're safe. We're all good. (laughs) For sure. And it never stops. For sure. And I feel like, you know, the strong independent woman can fall more in general, fall more avoidant. And there can be a lot of judgment on like people who fall more anxious. And it's like, girl, you're afraid of the exact same thing, which is abandonment. Right. And so it's like, instead of the anxious person who really puts themselves out there, but is like, like close, I need closeness. I need closeness. Come closer, come closer because they're so scared of being abandoned. The avoidant person, the strong independent woman is like, I'm not even going to risk that. So I'm going to leave before you leave. So see ya. Oh yeah. I'm just too intimidating. That's why things don't work out. (laughs) How convenient. Well, it feel it feels more like it was your decision, even though mm, is it really? But I'm so curious, and I accidentally kind of skipped over this part of why this is your work. Because usually, I ask at the beginning of like, why do you do what you do? How did we get here? Because I see time and time again that like teachers, educators, coaches, influencers, like your work is your work because it was a necessity at one point, or you had to learn all this stuff. And now you want to pass on the knowledge. So you kind of hinted at like patterns from childhood, but what led you to self-love relationships, shadow work, like the whole thing? So I would say that I'm more of a fearful avoidant or disorganized, or people know this as like anxious avoidant. So lucky me, I fall into both categories where I deeply crave closeness, but I'm also fucking terrified of it. So there's (laughs) this like push-pull dynamic, which you can imagine. I'm laughing because it's relatable. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally right. (laughs) I actually said to my mentor the other day, I was like, do you think anxious avoidant is as rare as they say it is? Because it seems like everyone I talk to is anxious avoidant. (laughs) Or are we all just like magnetized to each other? That's exactly what she said of like, we seem to find ourselves in this very specific corner of the internet. I was like, okay. But, But basically like what happened was I had like a series of relationships that would play out the exact same way. Like me wanting more closeness, but then being terrified of it. And abandoning my boundaries, my standards, all of that. And I would push them away until the point that they broke up with me. And then I would feel helpless. And up until, yeah, I think this was 2018. I got broken up with again and I was crying on my kitchen floor and I literally had a come to Jesus, come to Jesus moment where I was like, am I the problem? <laughs> like, is it possible? <laughs> Maybe that- it's me. 
and that's, hi, I'm the problem. It's me, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, maybe I'm contributing to the demise of my relationships. Because prior to that, it was everyone else's fault. And then I found myself like literally four days later in Koh Phangan in Thailand at a yoga and meditation retreat. And that's where- Was that was planned ahead of time or was that no. also a YOLO moment? That was YOLO. Yep. And I had never traveled by myself before. I was just like, fuck it. Something needs to change. And I was reflecting on this the other day of remembering a time where I didn't know what inner child work was. And I remember this woman like talking about my inner child. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean my inner child? But it actually like changed my life. Like I remember being at this retreat and we had to eye gaze and I had a panic attack. I had a panic attack because I had to look another human in the eyes. Like (laughs) vulnerability was not natural for me. And so then I was like, okay, mm, I think my come to Jesus moment was accurate in saying that I am part of the problem. So I really set out on this like healing journey, I guess, if you will, which is still ongoing as it is for everyone. And then I was like, fuck, like this is going to be my work. And I started in, in coaching sex actually. And then was like, oh, what seems to be the root of all these issues is actually intimacy, like emotional intimacy. And then I felt like really drawn to talking about people's relationships and dating. And so that's how it kind of evolved into what it is now. Amazing. It's all connected. And I know that we're also going to even talk about like how it all relates to like how we show up in business or like careers or like hitting goals. Like it's, it's everything. So that's amazing. And I also, I loved your post recently about like all the different mentorship containers you've invested in and how they're all mirrors and how like that was so refreshing to have someone be like, actually, I got shitty with my coach, but she was right. And I spent X amount of dollars to like learn this thing, which is not what I paid for, but it was was, what I needed because I've been saying that for so long. And finally, I saw someone else say it and I was like, she gets it. (laughs) She gets it. Mm. Totally. Totally. Because even in that space, there was a long time where I was like, oh my God, like I've invested so much money and I didn't learn anything. Like still projecting onto the coach and the program being like, that was such a bad investment. And I'm like, actually, I learned that I invested $20,000 into a container, didn't do any of the fucking practices, didn't do the calls. And then was like, your fault, bad program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, bitch, that's not what happened, actually. So, yeah. It's, it's like, like the really same as the relationship story, right? Of like, oh, actually, I'm the common thread here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I was saying this to a client the other day that when I was dating, I would always ask about past relationships, which actually in the dating world, they say it's a big no-no. But I'm like, oh, it's very telling. Because I actually, I would ask, like, so so what happened? Like, why did your last relationship end? I actually don't care about why why it ended. That's not what I'm asking. It's how they it's how they say it though. Exactly. Oh, she was crazy, I'm, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. <laughs> I want to hear, do you take accountability for your part? Because even if you were dating like a narcissist who gaslit you, right? Awful, abusive, right? There's still a part where it's like, yeah, and I learned that like I had no boundaries, that I was willing to overlook red flags that I didn't listen to my intuition. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's like an element of like, even in that terrible situation, I learned something about myself versus being like, I always date assholes and that sort of thing. So it's really having that self-responsibility and accountability 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you do that with clients too. Like oftentimes people will come to me and be like, yeah, I'm looking for a new coach. I didn't like my last one or like it, the program that I was in didn't work for me. And like my ears perk up. I'm like, Oh really? Tell me more. Tell me more about why it didn't work because it, you know, for sure there are shitty coaches. There are programs that teach shitty strategies all like all that can happen but like I want to hear do you take ownership of your experience and like what did you learn from that what are you looking to be different this time and it's like so telling just like you said totally like and this is what I mean like your shadows are always gonna come out you think you're hiding them they're they're no you're not (laughs) you're not yeah 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 okay so I want to dive into more of like the strong independent woman archetype and like specifically how we can tap into and also this is like the masculine versus feminine energy thing how we can tap into the duality of like making shit happen because having the strong independent woman archetype can definitely feel like it's really serving you for so many reasons like you get shit done you hit your goals on to the next thing but also being able to like soften in a relationship, be vulnerable with your friends, with your mentors, like with yourself. How do we like balance or like hold that duality of like, I can get shit done. I can tap into like that space, but I can also soften and like be safe. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the thing, right? There's a gift in every shadow, Right. And so the the shadow, right, of the strong independent woman, if if we want to call it that, or the shadow of like being defensive or 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 whatever it is, feeling like you have to be strong, resilient. One, there's a gift in exactly as you said, like that archetype really serves you in being able to like create your own reality and be the master of your world and be able to take you know, a vision and create it into, into form, into matter, right? Like that is super important because a lot of what I see in the spiritual world is a lot of like super feminine women who actually can't make anything fucking happen. They're like yeah. a, like a wet noodle. Do you know what I mean? Which like <laughs> yes. uh, all these feelings, but like not doing Just straight vibes. Just straight vibes. Exactly. Exactly. And like that, you know, that's all well and good, but that's not actually going to create anything. And then there's the opposite, right? Of like, I only, I only get shit done. I actually cannot be vulnerable. Right. And so it's, as you said, bringing those into balance. And so for me, it's like, like I get this feeling where I just, I know what's required of me. And I know that's kind of meta like it doesn't it's not something tangible but there's like that's not the answer people want to hear because it's like it's not like a three-step process but that's a real answer yeah exactly and it's usually like in the beginning particularly it's usually the thing you feel most resistant to right it's like if you are more of the like super feminine and like really really soft then like you know that there's going to be times where it's like required for you to step the fuck up and do something right for the strong independent woman where you know for instance the bill comes and your natural instinct or your like maybe it's not even natural instinct but your your wounded instinct is to reach for it what if you just played with just sitting there and just receiving not even for, and that's not from a space of I'm entitled to this. Like men should always pay on first dates. Cause I, I don't believe that, 
But what if you just played into the energy of like, I'm just going to see what this feels like, right? And so starting to do things that feel uncomfortable with you, like, can you actually even delegate to your team? Or are you constantly looking over their shoulder about what they're doing, right? It's like, can you actually trust people? And that's where the magic comes in of being able to hold yourself and your emotional world in what comes up for you around, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say this thing to this person. I can't let go. I can't be safe. I, it's not safe to do that. So I need to like override that. And so it's really just about like allowing yourself to soften and ask yourself the question. And this is, you know, as someone who's maybe more avoidant, you may be a little disconnected from your intuition, but it really is asking yourself like, what is needed in this moment? And for me, like, I don't know about you, but like, for me, like, I know when it's time to get off my ass and do something. And I also know when it's time to actually rest where it's like, no, you need to put your body first. You need to go be out in nature. You need to have some pleasure, like whatever it is. And so I feel like there's like a deeper knowing there, if that makes sense. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's it's like the deeper knowing. Sometimes it's not the surface level, like programming of like, I can't sit still because I always need to be doing something. Otherwise I'm lazy or whatever those, Mm. like, I think we sometimes need to like be curious about like, maybe the first thought is not the real truth. And that's like, that can be harder. Yeah. I don't know where I read this, but I love, love, love this quote. And I put it up on my wall in my living room and it says your impulses are not always in your best interest. And I love that because exactly as you said, you might, your, your, your impulse might be like, no, I need to keep working. Like, oh my God, look how long my to-do list is. I'm like, babe, that is your coping mechanism. Keep busy, 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 busy. So I don't have to feel like I attract a lot of strong, independent women because that's, that's what they do. Right. And they come into the container being like, okay, what should I do? What do I do to achieve this thing that I want? Right. And I'm like, nothing. That's where we start. Not me who asked my therapist for homework the first time I had a session with her. I was like, okay, so what's my homework? And she's like, (laughs) go cry. And I was like, what do you, no, no. (laughs) And how do I approach that? How do I make that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I will basically give to my clients to like, lay on the floor with their legs up on the wall for like, you know, nervous system regulation and just sit there for like 15 to 30 minutes in complete silence. And let me tell you how every client hates it, hates it. They're like, it's so boring. What do I do? Can I listen to a podcast? I'm like, no, this is the problem. That even when you're relaxing, you're consuming something, right? An audiobook, a podcast, a book, a something, you know? So it's like allowing that space for you to actually fucking chill. Let your give yourself the space because that's when you can actually feel. You can't feel if you're constantly on 110%. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear 
and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through, and now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. I've heard that like your brain has, I can't remember what it's called. It has like this resting mode where if you are doing like passive tasks or meditating, it could be folding your laundry in silence, whatever it is, like these passive tasks or periods of waiting where your brain is like catching up on its processing. And if you never have time to, or if you never make space for that processing time, you just keep like storing more and more tension and more and more thoughts and more and more of everything. and that, you know, that can be like tension in the body that can be impacting your mood, your sleep, whatever your nervous system. But like having that white space is like essential. It's, it's not like a bonus. It's like essential for your physiology. Yeah. 100%. Like one of my favorite things to do is go for long drives because it's like, that is my meditation. That's where a lot of downloads come through and and thoughts and like, oh, like self-awareness pieces. So it really is like, allow yourself the space, even when you're, when you're dating and you're trying to discern how you feel about someone, because a lot of you might resonate with this. Like a lot of people who fall more avoidant will like find every fault in someone. Right. (laughs) They're like, and it's not things like, you know, our values don't align. It's things like, oh, I don't like the way he held his fork. Like, (laughs) exactly. I hate his fucking laugh. I can't, I can't do that. And it's like, babe, is that really a deal breaker? (laughs) Right. But it's like, and it's usually around people who actually represent a more healthy partner and someone who doesn't, who maybe fits into their stereotypical quote unquote type. And I don't mean physically, I mean like wound mate situation then they're going to be more drawn to that. So I always say like, give yourself the time and space. Like I had a girlfriend the other day, she went on one date and she was like, I don't know, Michelle, like, I really like this guy. Like, I think this could be it. I'm like, he's a literal stranger, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Actual stranger. (laughs) You don't know him. Let's just cool our jets. We like what we've seen so far, but let's just take it really, really slowly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, and that like is such a universal thing too, that you will always be drawn to like 
your patterns, whether it's relationships, whether it's business. Like I, I have had to deal with this. I've had lots of clients have to deal with this who came from like strong, independent hustle, girl boss vibes. And then as we build a business, it's like more sustainable, more scalable. Like you can run it on 20 hours a week or 15 hours a week or whatever. But then like, I've done this where I like create chaos so that mm-hmm. I can like come in and like either save the day or feel like I'm doing enough or whatever. And so I just like create chaos sometimes because it's like, ooh, this this feels too chill, too easy. How can I fuck this up? Like how <laughs> how how can I create problems so that I can solve them and like activate my need for like just instability <laughs> like why why exactly. are we exactly like and if you're so attached like and again this isn't you know conscious it's unconscious but if you're so attached to being seen as resilient and strong and independent what do you think you're going to create situations where you get to be strong, resilient, and independent? You having someone to support you, whether that be in business or in a romantic relationship or a friendship, doesn't align with your concept of self. That doesn't align with how you see yourself, how your ego has presented itself. And so you will bat away any situation or person where that could be a reality, where you get to like relax and be in your feminine and be taken care of. You're like, no, we don't do that. Like in my world, no, that's not me. So bye, see you. And then you complain that no one supports you, that no one's there for you, no one can get it right, like all of the things, but there's a deep attachment to actually going it alone. Right, yeah. Exactly. So then, okay, this is like a chicken egg question. Then let's say a lot of it comes back to like the identity of like, I am a strong person. I am independent, blah, blah, blah. We know that the identity needs to shift in like conjunction with like choosing different behaviors, choosing different actions. In your experience, does the identity change come first or does the taking action as if I'm this new person have to happen first. And then the identity like catches up. I would say the identity first, actually. And they're, they're like, honestly, at the same time, right? Like, it's not like I would say work on your identity for three to six months and then start taking different action, like start taking different action today, but nothing, no amount of action is going to outrun your identity. If that makes sense. So like, even if you're taking this action, but you still see yourself as someone who never allows in support, it's not going to align, right? So it's like, for instance, something that I'm working on at the moment, which feels like I have been working on it for an eternity, but it is what it is. It's like, I really want to be this like orgasmic queen. Like I do not want these like mediocre orgasms. I want transcendent, like leaving my fucking body orgasms, you know? But for so long, I've seen myself as like, that's not possible for me. So even if I do the the quote unquote, the work on it, right? Like I see a somatic healer, I will get yoni massages, I will do the things, but I still see myself as someone that like, that's just not going to happen for me. Then nothing's going to shift. I have to start with like, okay, this is possible. Like it's safe for me to experience these kinds of states. 
and then take the action. So I'd say it's about like, you know, actually getting clear on the identity that you do want to step into. And that's kind of that post that I made the other day of like, don't make decisions from where you are currently, make decisions from the woman you're stepping into, because it's like, don't make decisions from the strong, independent woman around intimacy and relationships. Maybe make decisions from her around, you know, a a launch plan, for instance, right? It's like, we don't want to get rid of her. And this is my whole MO, if you will, in, in my business and my life is about, and this is what shadow work is. It's about restoring wholeness, right? So it's not like, oh, you have this strong, independent woman. Let's get rid of her because that's Let's bad. kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. kill her off. Like, no, that's not it. Let's actually integrate her so there's no charge around it so that you can actually be in that energy or not. You could be strong and resilient or you could be soft and supported and all the things. It's not like this deep resistance to one and this clinging to another. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that goes into like what we were DMing about, about like contextualizing like the masculine versus the feminine. And like, it's not like where you have to pick a lane and like, oh, I am like a soft feminine person or I'm a wild feminine person or I'm a a masculine person, whatever. Like you don't need to be in one lane. It's like how each option is like a tool and something that you can access and tap into, but it's not like who you are. Mm. Okay. I love this conversation. This is so juicy because I feel like in this polarity world, which has become super popular. There's like a polarity vortex happening. Oh (laughs) my God. Like David Data is the leader. Like David Data is our God and his work is, is beautiful and amazing. But I think it's like, let's take let's stop taking everything so literally. Do you know what I mean? Let's take everything with a grain of salt and use some discernment. Because for me, it's not about being exclusively feminine or exclusively masculine. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't that doesn't feel good for anyone. It's so limiting. And I've seen, I've seen these, some of these polarity teachers, you know, preach about like a woman should never ask for what she needs. Like she should, you know, reveal her feelings of like, oh, I, I really wish I had a cup of coffee. I'm like, how fucking cryptic. Just say, (laughs) can I have a cup of coffee, please? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I mean, think, and it's, that feels so manipulative to me, which is part of like the Mm -hmm. shadow feminine, right? It's like, Like oh, oh, if I just plant the right seeds and hint things to you, like everything becomes a game, which is not, that's first of all, like so fucking inefficient too. Like, can you imagine you walk up to Starbucks and you're like, "Mm, I wish that someone could make me a blah. (laughs) They're like, what do you want? Like, what's your order? (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Will it be a grande or a tall? And you're like, I don't know. You tell me. I'd love a lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I remember someone talking about like, when you, when someone asks what you do, you don't say it. You, you describe the feeling. So for me, it would be like, Oh, Michelle, what do you do? Mm, I just love working with women on their self-love and self like, what the fuck? So it's like, let's, let's use our heads, you know, let's come back into discernment because for me, what I'm, what I'm aiming for, I guess, is like 
integration, right? I want to be fully integrated in a healthy feminine, a healthy masculine, which is a process that I'm still working through, right? And so it's like sometimes I may lean a little more feminine. Like in my relationship, I may lean a little more feminine. And in my business, I will lean a little more masculine. And sometimes it's the opposite in business and in relationships, right? And so it's being able and flexible to dance in both of those realms, right? And when I first started teaching it, I was very like, let's make women more feminine. You know, this is the problem. We're all too masculine, which was a projection of my own wounding of thinking like, I'm too masculine and I'm broken and something's wrong and I need to be more feminine. But it's actually not that. And I think also people have a very distorted view of what the feminine is, right? That it's you know, these, these women who are in the rice fields in Bali in a white linen dress, like chanting or something. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's part of it. But it's also, she's wild. She's chaotic. She's angry. She's sad. She's orgasmic. She's, you know, full of love. She's soft. She's hard. She's everything. Right. And so the feminine is our emotional world. And so where I think this is really crucial in relationships is that if you tend to fall into the strong independent woman, right? Of I've got it. I make shit happen. One, it's going to be, it's probably super frustrating for you that like every other area of your life is 10 out of 10 and you cannot figure out the love stuff. Mm, Yeah. Because like I can achieve anything except a relationship. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's because, I mean, as you know, anyone who's in a relationship, it's not logical it's not logical, right? It's based on like chemistry, compatibility, values, you know, where they're at in their growth, where you're at, like so many factors go into it. And so that's probably really frustrating that you can't like ABC your way out of it. But this is where that masculine feminine is really important because then it's like, okay, you need to start learning. Well, you don't need to, but the invitation is there to start learning how to feel, right? Because the thing is, People can only meet you where you're at. And that's the thing, right? No one can meet me. No one can meet me. Bitch, meet yourself. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and that's that practice of putting your legs up on the wall. Because for me, when I started doing that, I would cry hysterically every time. And it was like, oh, I can see that there's actually a lot of grief there that I'm not giving myself space to feel. So it's like, Feel the times where you have felt abandoned, where you felt rejected, where you felt like you had to do it on your own. Like that's painful. That's painful to feel like you have to do it on your own, especially as a little girl. Right. And so there, I would imagine there'd be a lot of grief there or anger or whatever it is. And so this is why I think it's helpful to learn these tools and not take it so literally, but be able to, to use them to dance in either one. Yeah. 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 And like leaning into those like sticky spots or like, Ooh, this feels uncomfortable. So I probably need to practice doing it. And like just being the, one of the biggest things that was like a light bulb moment for me, was just being curious about like triggers, being curious about the shadows, being curious about the places where I had resistance instead of like trying to immediately like, okay, how do I fix this? Or like, what is my self-diagnosis on like why this is happening? It was just like, oh, like, 
what could be going on here? How could I lean into this? Like, what could this be telling me? And like not being judgmental or like trying to immediately fix it or like patch it up and like move on. Cause that, that used to be my pattern of like, "Mm, that feels uncomfortable. So I'm just going to pretend that never happened or I never noticed that and continue on my way and checking all my boxes. And then once I was like, Oh, what if I could just be curious and like sit with those sticky spots, what would happen? (laughs) And shocker, I learned like so much about myself still do all the time. And it made it not like this personal failure that like, I don't have it all figured out instead of I, I judged myself so harshly of like, oh, why why am I reacting this way? Why does this bother me? Why is blah, 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 blah? And it was judgy. And so I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Let's explore. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because that nothing will push a shadow further down than shame, right? Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. I know better, right? This is something I would say all the time. I know better than that. Why am I reacting like this? It's, especially when you start to get into personal development, right? Because you learn all these techniques. Well, what happens when you're triggered? You go into your limbic system, right? Like you're literally the part of your brain that is responsible for logic has fucked off is like, see ya, (laughs) I have no place here. And so you're literally like reacting from this survival energy. So it's like the, the worst thing that you can do is, as you said, judge yourself for it, right? It's like, oh, okay, being curious, having patience with yourself, having a quality of gentleness of like, it, like if this were a friend, right? If this were your best friend and she was like, I fully projected onto my partner, like, yeah, I did not take responsibility for like an hour and I was just projecting, would you be like, wow, you are such a failure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know that you're such a failure. I don't even know how you're in a relationship. How did you manage that? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. You'd be like, that's cool, babe. Like what's, what's present for you? What's actually going on? And you'd be curious exactly as you said about what's underneath that, what's going there. And this is something I really invite my clients into is not stopping with the first emotion that's there right? For me, it's really easy to access anger, which for a lot of women, it's actually the opposite. It's really easy for them to go into tears. And this is what I say that if you go into tears really easily, there's usually a lot of repressed anger. And if you go into anger really easily, there's usually a lot of repressed grief. And so it's like, when I would go into anger and have these kind of outbursts of like, whatever, I don't even fucking care because that was my go-to. I don't care. I don't care. Right. Actually what was underneath was like so much pain, so much hurt, so much grief that I was not giving myself space to feel. So it's like, again, having that attitude of curiosity of what's underneath that for me. Oh, I'm actually feeling super vulnerable. Okay. That's what this is. Yeah. Let's be with that part of myself. No one can see this. Who's listening, but I was like nodding vigorously as you were like, (laughs) if you access anger easily, there's like grief and pain under that. And I'm like, yes, correct. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Very true. Because it's so true. So true. Okay. So as people are like, recognizing this stuff about themselves, maybe they're now going to go down a a journey of like being more curious about how they're feeling and what's triggering them, stuff like that. They're going to start engaging in like technically shadow work. But I know a lot of people 
hear shadow work and they're like, that's woo or that like it's, it feels ambiguous, even though it's really can be very simple. So can you give us like just a quick cliff notes of like shadow work one on one one? What is it? How do we do it? Yeah. So essentially like, yeah, I hear this all the time, right? People think, as you said, it's so woo. People think it's like spooky. It's really scary. You're diving into like the way that people make it out to seem is like you're diving into the crevices of your psyche and it's going to be hard and painful and awful. And like, it is word of caution. Do you know what I mean? Like they make it out to be so scary and it can be really intense at times because shadow work, as I said, is restoring wholeness. It's about being able to see yourself clearly. So being able to see these patterns of reactivity, it's being able to feel neutral about the way that you are and, and, and who you are. Right. And this is, you know, it's also doing ego work because ego work is your concept of self, like how you see yourself, right? So if you see yourself as, yeah, I'm strong, I'm resilient, I'm driven, I'm successful, I'm intelligent, you know, you have these qualities that this is how I see myself or conversely, like I see myself as a piece of shit and I can't do anything right. And everything always fails when I, you know, everything I turn to goes to shit. Everything I touch turns to shit. Like that sort of vibe, right? It's like how you see yourself is going to be, you will only see that and you will reject everything else. So someone calls you a liar and you're like, I don't do that. And you will project onto every single person who lies about how awful they are and all of it. When actually it's just a reflection for you in all the places where you lie. Maybe you don't lie to other people which I'm sure you do, right? Like I'm sure everyone does. Where are you lying to yourself, right? And so it's about like seeing these places so we can see ourselves clearly. So when someone says, you know, Michelle, you're a liar. It's like, yeah, I am. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. That is accurate, right? Because what, I love the quote, like if you spot it, you got it. Meaning if you can see it in someone else, it's within you. And especially if you're judging them for it. Exactly. If there's a charge, if there's a charge and you're like, oh, I really don't like that thing. Or to the opposite where you're like, oh my God, she's so sensual. I could never be that sensual, you know, like whatever. It's because you have the capacity for that as well. So The first step of shadow work for me is like actually being able to build my internal awareness to be able to look at myself clearly. And this is why shadow work is so cool because your triggers are showing you your shadows, right? You don't have to go looking for them. You do not have to like sit down, do a journaling process and be like, okay, what are my shadows? Just think about what triggers you, good and bad, all of that, right? What triggers me? There you go right? So starting to have that awareness and then having that attitude of curiosity and then start, like I said, there's a gift in every shadow. So being able to lean into that opposite, that action of like, if you, for instance, like I think that lying thing is really easy for people to understand. So it's like, if you know that you've now discovered that you have this shadow of being a liar, And that could literally be someone says, oh, do you want to go to the movies with me tonight? And you don't want to go. And you say, yep, sure. That's a lie. (laughs) 
right? So then you get to lean into being honest and being transparent and saying how you actually feel. And that's how you start to transcend your shadows. But it's really just about like bringing everything home. Like I, I studied with a tantric background and that's exactly what it is. That's what tantra is. It's like restoring wholeness. So that's kind of like, I mean, we could go so much deeper, but that's like a broad overview. <laughs> that's for part two. Part two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so much more. There's so much more. Okay. I think for anyone who is like intimidated by shadow work, like sparkle emojis, shadow work, it's like this mm-hmm. mis- mysterious practice. It's not actually that complicated. Like it does mean it's super easy. Like it can be hard as shit, but it's simple in like the structure of it. And there actually doesn't have to be like a formal structure. So that's super helpful. Yeah, exactly. It's simple, but it's not easy because you are going to see parts of yourself that just do not fit your reality. And that could be being a liar, or it could be being the orgasmic woman, right? There could be, maybe there's like a part of you like, I know this is like a, a businessy podcast. So like, maybe there's parts of you that are terrified of success. So you don't actually want to see yourself as successful, but doing shadow work, cause there's, you know, like light shadow work as well. It's being able to actually see yourself as successful and being able to like, see your power and, and all of the things as well as the parts that you're like, mm, <laughs> I'm not like that. I don't do that. This yeah. is a dead yeah, and it gets to be like, shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the, I'm not like other girls. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably exactly like other girls. If you say yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I fully leaned into like, it's popular and it's basic because it's good. Okay. It's because it's good. I am exactly like other girls. <laughs> like we're both sitting here with our like slicked buns. It's amazing. <laughs> One hundred percent. Oh my gosh, that is so true. Of like, yeah, it's popular because it's fucking amazing. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Like, not all of us are delusional. Like, we all are on the same page because it's good. Mm-hmm. We get it. Yeah, totally amazing. And I love that 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 reminder of like shadow work isn't doesn't have to be you like dredging up all of your wounds and like all of your triggers and just like facing all this hard stuff. It can also be like discovering like oh I have this beautiful part of myself that I'm like not expressing and I can clear clear something that's like blocking me or I can like embody that more and it can be like this beautiful very freeing thing too but even without needing to do so much hard stuff like the freedom always comes after the hard stuff too but it doesn't always have to feel that way for sure I mean one of the biggest things that my mentor is like constantly reflecting to me is like don't get me wrong. There's been some dark shit that I've been like, oh, okay. So I've been projecting onto my audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's also been like, Michelle, you are so powerful. And one of the biggest things that like, I still at times feel resistant to this is how big my heart is because I see myself as someone who's bold, direct, an authority, strong, like to the point, I don't bullshit. There's no fluff, but actually like, When you're actually in my world, I love you so much that it hurts. And that's why, like, to the strong, independent woman, like, I would imagine that you have that same gift. 
that you know that feeling of loving someone or something so much that it hurts. And so then it's like, I don't even want to go there. And so this is like the shadow work of like really recognizing like your huge capacity to love and to be loved. And that is such a gift. Yeah. It like stretches your capacity on both directions of the spectrum. Like you can feel more deeply the pain and the grief and like all the stuff that needs to be felt. And then you also expand your capacity for like the joy, the pleasure, the play, like this feeling of being supported. And that's been so huge for me. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, I was operating with like an inch of emotional range. (laughs) Like what was happening? (laughs) Yeah. Cause you can't selectively numb, right? So if you're numbing shame, disgust, anger, grief, whatever, you're also numbing joy, pleasure, ecstasy, love, all of that connection. So it's like, if you want more of this, the like, quote unquote, positive stuff, which again, like you go into shadow work, there is no positive and no negative. Everything just is. But if you want more of that, you have to be willing to experience the depths of the other shit as well. You don't get to choose, right? It's like when you lose weight, you can't be like, I only want to lose weight off my like stomach. Like too bad. You can't, you're losing it everywhere. (laughs) So absolutely. Oh my gosh. So many like mic drops, so many nuggets of wisdom, so many light bulb moments, I'm sure for everyone listening. So unfortunately, but also just like amazingly, we already have hit almost an hour. So we'll we'll tie it up with a bow here and let people stalk you and consume more of your content because I like there's so much good stuff on your Instagram, everywhere you create things. Obsessed. So where do they find you? Where can they find your work? Talk about all the things. Yeah. So I also have a podcast called Unfuck Your Relationships. It's very on brand. <laughs> so you can find me there. You can also find me on Instagram at Michelle Panning. That's where I'm most active. Like I do have a Facebook page, but like it's just, yeah, not the vibe. It, it so, exists. Yeah. It exists, but it's basically what's been posted on Instagram. So yeah, on Instagram, I also have a couple of programs that are coming out in January and February, which are, um, shadow work based. So we have main character energy, which is about becoming the main character of your life and that stepping into fun. delusional confidence. I love that you said the word delusional. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we have my signature program, the connected woman, which is starting in February, which has been completely reworked to be a, a shadow work course on how to go from feeling like anxious as fuck about relationships and strong independent women feel anxious also, right? I actually think the avoidance feel way more anxious, but they won't allow themselves to feel it. So that's about like going from feeling anxious as fuck to feeling confident, secure, and having unfuckwithable self-worth. So love yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah. And the branding, the names, the branding, the whole vibe. Love all of it. It's such a vibe. It's so good. <laughs> love it. And I always just love when people are like obsessed with their offers cuz that's a whole other level of like energy and connection and just like magnetism. Like when you're obsessed with what you do, it's so contagious. So, love to hear you talk about what you do. Yay. Amazing. Well, everyone, please go say hi to Michelle. Send her so much gratitude for her wisdom and her stories and everything she's shared with us today and we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much.